Now look at this. Now the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will, say your will, they exist and were created. So, so let me just unpack this for you in, in, in a little bit. So who gave them the crown? Who crowned them? God, Jesus crowned them as kings, gave them thrones. He honored them and blessed them. Everything they've received in a sense is represented in that crown, their identity, their achievements, all that they are. It's like we are royalty, their identity, all of that. It's like we are kings. But in the presence of the king of kings, how do we respond? We take the crown, which represents all we are. We fall upon our knees and we throw these crowns before the king and say, God, you alone are worthy. You alone are glorious. You see, every miracle is a manifestation of the glory of God that brings more glory to the king. But we will not touch his glory. You see, this is the, again, the upside down kingdom. You know, God comes and he says to you, you're a son. You are royalty. You are a king and a priest. I've given to you all of my resources. I have blessed you with power from on high. Your name is written in the book of life. I celebrate you. I dance over you. I sing over you. I gave my life for you. I love you. My, uh, my, 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 my thoughts about you are more than the sands on the seashore. I, I'm continuously thinking about you. You are amazing in my eyes. So then you could stand in the corner and think, sure, indeed, I am. And that's where we get it missed, where we miss it, where we get it wrong. That's where men and women of God in the kingdom get it wrong because God promotes and God blesses and God opens doors and God does miracles and God builds ministries and He builds businesses and He blesses us on so many levels. And then we could be deceived to think that it was us that had anything to do with this. And then we must take our crowns and we must throw it before the King. Say, God fall before him on our knees. I mean, the kings in heaven, the elders, the glorious beings in heaven, they fall upon their knees in heaven and worship the king of kings. How much more should we? How, 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 more sh how much more should we surrender our lives to this king and give him glory? You see, but there's this, this process. If we want to if we want to know the fullness of God, it, I tell you, the place of freedom is when we get over ourselves and we forget about ourselves. I think there's been a few moments in my life where I forget about me and I forget about what people think and all I am, Jesus, I want to know you and I want to glorify your name. It's not about me, Jesus, it's about you, Lord. 
But there's these moments in my life where it seems everything aligns on the inside. I'm not just saying it, I mean it. <laughs> you know, because we know what to say. We are good Christians, aren't we? Praise the Lord, brother. Hallelujah. All glory to God. And then we think, yeah, but, uh, you know, what did I do as well? Sure. Prayed for two hours, you know, or did this or sacrificed that. But in the light of what God gave us, it means nothing. You see, but if we want to know the fullness of God, we need to come to the cross and die. Self die so that Jesus can be lifted high. So there's something that needs to happen on the inside. And that thing that needs to shift, it's called flesh. Flesh needs to be removed. Die. Come to the cross and die so that Christ can be lifted high. That's what, so, so I spoke also a few weeks ago about moving out of the boxing ring of the flesh and into the, into the river of the Spirit. There's this place where we're completely in the Spirit, but then flesh needs to be removed. Flesh needs to be removed. So let me... Um, Show you this uh, next verse, Matthew 16. Just want to look at a few verses and, and, and unpack this a little bit. So Matthew 16, 24 to 27, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires, say desire, to come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Upside down kingdom. You want to save your life? You want to look good in front of people? You want to look out for number one for yourself? You're going to lose. True freedom is to forget about self. To save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world, and yet he loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? How valuable is your soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. So on Monday, we had a, a memorial service here. One of our members, Cliff Ulner, passed away, complications in surgery. And the uh, place was packed to the rafters. Most people we've had in this venue ever, I think. It was awesome. So he, he works in the correctional services. So many, many, many of his work colleagues, people from the correctional services were here. And, and I just knew, I mean, the family said to me, preach the gospel, make an altar call. Cliff's life will not be for nothing. And so I went for it. It was amazing. It was just like... This is not the done thing. But I'm going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you the truth, even if it's uncomfortable and unpopular, because I am not here to be popular. I am here to tell you the truth. If you live a life contrary to Christ, in disobedience to Christ, and you die in your sin, you are lost forever. That's the truth. But it was just amazing. I, I, I just had this, this sense on the inside just of, God, we want to preach your gospel for those. Let Cliff's life not be for nothing. He's 53 years old. Monday was his birthday. 
And I don't know why he died. I don't know why we pray for the guy who hasn't had hearing for 20 years and then he hears and we pray for Cliff and the, and the silly little cancer doesn't go away. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that every moment, every opportunity in our lives is for the glory of Jesus. And life is short. I don't like funerals. It feels like a train wreck, just a train drove over me. It's emotional. It's, it's, but I tell you, every one of us need to go to a funeral probably once a month. Just to be reminded again, life is short. Are you living? Are you living in the light of eternity? Or are you living according to self and short-term thinking? It, it, it wakes us up. It wakes us up. You see, death speaks to us. Are we listening? Because when life happens and we walk in the flesh and in selfish desires and me, myself, and I, it's like the voice of death goes silent. We don't hear that voice saying, hey, time's running out. I'm coming soon. Are you ready? Are you ready? We do not know. We do not know when it is our time, but we need to be ready. I want to be ready I want to say, God, I have no blood upon my hands. I've spoken the truth. It's been unpopular, but hallelujah. It was the truth. It was the truth. So that's what Jesus is calling us to. He's saying, if anyone desires to come after me. In other words, you might have heard. I've heard that this Jesus thing works. I've heard. You know, it's blessings in it. I've heard you can have eternal life. Who, wasn't, who doesn't want eternal life? Yes. I've heard Jesus. Yes, I've heard. I want to, I want to, I, I, I desire this. Okay, so yes, so many people desire Christ and then they get it wrong the way. They say, I want to follow Jesus and they think it's the easy way. It's not the easy way. It's the way where we die to self. Because it says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Say, deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. So there's this obedience, but there's like the secret passageway into the kingdom of God. It's called denying self. Where does self want to go? Okay, that's where we're not going to go. We're going to go somewhere else. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to fast, for instance. So we've been in a season of fasting, and I'm still continuing to fast one, maybe two days a week, and it's uncomfortable. So I was, tr- I was trying to do it three days this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Tuesday night, ain't nah. Man, I was awake at 12 o'clock. I couldn't sleep. I've just been drinking water for two days, and I'm like, oh, I've got one day to go. Jesus, this is hard. Why is this so hard? So I've just been, oh, so in the end, I was up from 12 to 3. I said, oh, stuff it. Let's eat. See, now everybody's feeling better. Pastor's not perfect. But I tell you, every time I choose to put that one day aside to deny self, and it's sometimes painful, I feel good the following day. I feel free. I feel physically well. I feel like every part of my being is just realigned with God. It's freedom. But it costs you that day. It costs you that time to put aside your meal, to say no to TV and this and that. 
You know, we, we, we're on a mission with our son to, to help him to switch on to Christ. And it's been a tough journey to get him to lay down things. So over the holidays, he, we allowed him to play games again, but like not hectic games. Like farming, how to farm with chickens. <laughs> We're trying to keep it as low-key as possible, not very addictive. But anyway, chickens. <laughs> so now, now over the holidays, we lose our son. He's no longer our son. He's a selfish, irritable little... Ah, when I, uh, so now we're back at, uh, at school times, like, yeah, school. So now it's rules, no, 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 no games. So now it takes around three weeks for him to get the games out of his system. Now, three weeks later until he starts reading his Bible again. He's eight years old, for those who don't know. <laughs> he starts reading his comic Bible, comic Bible, and uh, getting back into praying again and to just be- get my son back. But these games and these media i tell you can i just be honest it's from the pit of hell honestly because it's either the game or it's jesus that's what it is and so my mission is to help my son to switch on to jesus so now three weeks it takes him to get back to a place where he's starting to tune in and now i've got my son back my son would come to me and say daddy i love you Thank you, Jesus. My son is back. You know, I want to. So, so this is such a mission. But I tell you, yes, it's easy to watch TV and play games. And man, I would also be playing games twenty four seven if I wasn't passionately pursuing the kingdom of God. But I know I had to choose. So now my son's going through this season where his friends are mocking him. Why can't you play games? Why can't you watch these movies? That's dumb. That's stupid. You know, so my son's being mocked by the kids at school. So now we have to sit with him and explain to him again, these things mess up your heart, and we want you to switch on to Jesus. Do you know how amazing it is when my son and I, when we drive together to church and places, I put up worship music, and we worship together. And then I look at him and say, Vian, let's do it. And he starts praying in tongues. Then we pray in tongues, and we worship the living God. It is amazing. My son, if we can just keep you on track, is going to change the world. But there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay if you want to follow Jesus. When I became a believer, one of the first things Jesus told me is, lost the games. Lost it. Leave the games. Leave the worldly, fleshly things. Because it disconnects you from God. It's one to this thing to say, I want Jesus. I want the fullness of God. I want the power of God. I also want to pray for people and then their ears pop open. But you're not willing to pay the price. You're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. There's a price to pay. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, if you want to know my fullness, deny yourself and follow. I promise you, every time I lay something down, I gain something that is awesome. It's like... Who there cares about pew pew when you can, man, raise the dead? Really. But we get so obsessed. I said it to the people at the memorial service on, on, on Monday. 95% of us are busy with rubbish. We're spending 
our lives on rubbish. And then when someone dies, it's like all our priorities change. It's like, I've been wasting my life. We do. We do until death comes and we realize, why didn't I spend more time with my family? Why didn't I pray? Why didn't I pursue the kingdom of God? I was so busy, busy with nothing, with nonsense. So this is the kingdom. If you want the glory, if you want the fullness of God in your life, there is a price to pay. So the secret passageway is this. Deny self. You can do it. It's hard the first day of fasting, but it gets better when you do it more. Hallelujah. So there's this, uh, just before this, these verses, Jesus was revealed as the Messiah. And then um, he told Peter, Peter, awesome, man. Proud of you. Well done. <laughs> On this rock, I will build my church. And then Jesus starts sharing about, guys, I'm going to die soon. I'm going to go to the cross. Do you know what Peter did? He came to Jesus and he stopped him and said, This will not happen to you, Jesus. You will not die, Jesus. Do you know what Jesus' response? Get behind me, Satan. Ow. I thought I'm your star disciple. I was you on this rock and now you call me Satan. And then Jesus said, for you're, you're mindful of the things of man and not of the things of God. When our hearts and our minds become full of this world, then we do self. We look after self. We hoard. We keep for ourselves. We become selfish. We become irritable and moody and angry and fearful and, 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 and. But when we lay down self, when we come to the cross to die, do you know what happens? You get free. You're not afraid anymore. You're not selfish anymore. You're not irritable anymore. You're not angry anymore. You're like, oh, well, dead people don't get offended, do they? No, they don't. Do you know that dead people don't get offended? Have you been offended lately? Have you been upset with somebody lately or a scenario or a situation? Have you been angry, irritable? It just shows that you're not dead yet. The, 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 the self, the me, the, the old you must die. So that's what I'm telling myself. Every time I'm like, oh, this is tough. Okay, let's die. Be nice. <laughs> Love somebody. Come on. So he's, Jesus, come. Pick up your cross. And picking up your cross is painful. Luke 22, verse 42. This again reveals the secret passage. The secret to access the kingdom of God. This is where Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and Jesus knew, I need to lay down my life. Now Jesus could also have been in the garden, in Gethsemane, sweating blood. He could have been, Father, I can't believe it, you're doing this to me. I have done nothing wrong. It's these sinful people that's terrible and they deserve this. Why must I go through pain? Why, does I, why do I need to go through this? Father, it's not fair you know life isn't fair it's not about fair it's about laying down self but jesus then and this is this kingdom prayer that's at the heart of this in luke 22 42 i'm not sure if it's in the in the, on, on the screen but this is where jesus prays to the father in gethsemane and he says father if it is your will 
take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Let's say it, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. This is the heart's cry of the kingdom culture. If we want the kingdom of heaven to reign in our midst, it must always be, Father, not my will be done, but yours. Father, not my will be done, but yours. Father, not my will be done, but yours. That is the heart's cry. And then every time we pray that, then we can choose the hard way, the more difficult way, the challenging way. I mean, on... Yeah, you know, with the youth on Friday nights, we, uh, we've been really trusting. I've been trusting that the young people will encounter more of Jesus. And so on Friday night, we had a, an amazing time. We were just like, you know, this is, this is the scripture. Jesus laid on my heart. He said, I felt the Lord say to me as a reminder, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. And, and, and that by my spirit only works when flesh dies. It can't be flesh and spirit. It must be spirit. So on Friday night, we were praying for some of the young people, and it's this, a, a few of the young people had incredible God encounters. So the one young man, I think grade six or grade seven, he uh, is really difficult. He, he's not interested in spiritual things. He doesn't want to, uh, to, you know, he's just like, I'm like just sit in the corner and sit still. You know, you're distracting all of us. This young man, someone prayed for him. He had a Jesus encounter where he, he went down to the floor. He's on the floor for 20 minutes or something. We're just having a God encounter. He came up. He stood, stood up later with tears in his eyes running down his face. I could see he had a love of God encounter. He wants nothing. I mean, this is a young man when he was in grade Grade two or grade three, he was an atheist, and he was fighting with us about the existence of God. <laughs> and grade six, I mean, tears running down his face. Now, a little nice message is not going to do it. A, a little nice message is going to a Jesus encounter is going to do it. But then there needs to be uh, adults, adults like you and me, who are willing to pay a price so that we can release the presence of God over someone's life. But if we are so full of nonsense as parents, as leaders, if we are so full of the world, then the kingdom cannot come. There are a few things as incredible as this is when we choose to lay down self, we position ourselves in the will of God, and then we can release life to our children, to our families, to our loved ones, to those around us. But there's a price to pay. I tell you, the youth is going to rock in Jesus' name. We're going to raise up an army on fire for Christ. Not as not a babysitting club. Amen. They're going to encounter the living God, and they have. I, tell, I asked the, the, the young people at the end of the time, we were praying for them, who experienced the presence of God? Now, almost all of the hands went up like, Whoa. and they were praying for one another, raising up an army. They're going to be at the age of 18 where we would... We're at 40, and I'm not yet 40 yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. But this is powerful verse as well. Um, the glory of God comes into the temple. When Solomon's temple was dedicated, the glory of God 
um, they, they were the, dedicating the temple, and, and then the priests left the temple. And then it says, and then the glory of God came, so that no one could minister. The priests left. In other words, flesh left the temple. Flesh was removed, and then glory came. So God is calling us to that, to lay down self so that more of Him can come. Hallelujah. So look at this, Daniel 4. So flesh is a path where we gain the world, but we lose our souls. Spirit is where we maybe lose some of the things of this world. Maybe we lose our position. Maybe we lose our popularity. Maybe we lose some of our possessions, but we gain our souls. There's a powerful story in the movie Courageous. I don't know if you saw it, but there's a, a Spanish guy who couldn't get a job, and then a Christian man with a family, wife, two kids, and so he got a great job. So the boss of the factory of the company called him in, and he said to him, I will promote you. I will promote you if you are willing, basically, to lie on this inventory sheet that so much came in, so much went out. I want you to basically lie. If you lie, I will promote you. And he was like, I can't. So the guy said, come back tomorrow and tell me. Otherwise, you're basically fired. So he's sitting between a rock and a hard place. He has now to decide, am I going to honor Christ and possibly lose my job, or will I lie, have a job, and then be able to look after my family? So he was, he was really battling this way, that way, and the end he came, and he was like, sir, I can't do it. I can't do it because I'm a Christian. And then the boss smiled, and he said it was a test. I was looking for someone I can trust to be the head of this department, and he was blessed. But I, I, you know, an earthly boss might not test us like that, but I tell you there are tests coming continuously. Will you cut corners? Will you, will, will, will you lie? Will you twist the truth a little bit? Will you cheat on your tax report? Will you cheat here? Will you, will you, will you take a little bit there? Do you know it's a test? It's a test from God. Can I trust you? This is what the Lord spoke to me beginning of this year. The Lord asked me this question. Can I trust you? I'm still answering that question. I want to answer that correctly. Can I be trusted in loving people? Can I be trusted in being humble? Can I be trusted in giving glory to God? Can I be trusted? Can you be trusted by God? Because it's God that promotes, not man. It's God that promotes, not man. I know that there were a whole bunch of tests I had to, I had to go through. I've had opportunities to... To, to, to legitimately, rightly turn against people or expose things, and I didn't. Because over and over again, I was, I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. What happens? God promotes. As most of you know, being elected onto the leadership of our national church and overseeing 50 churches. But I know there's been a test the whole while. Are you going to humble yourself? Are you going to forgive or are you going to be offended? Are you going to fight back in the flesh? Are you going to do politics? Are you going to be 
ungodly? Are you going to be hateful? Are you going to be selfish? What are you going to be, Andre? What are you going to be? Because that will determine if I can trust you. I believe every day we've got tests coming to us. How are you doing? How are you doing with those tests? How are you doing with those tests? Because those will determine real promotion. So uh, we look at, we look, let, me, let me read Daniel 4. I'm going to end off with this. There's self-promotion and then there is God promotion. God promotion is when no one looks, when no one sees, when it's just you and the devil. It's just you and this decision you need to make. Now here we have Nebuchadnezzar. He's the, the emperor of Babylon, of the Babylonian empire. And he got full of himself. So there was a word that came that he's going to be judged and he's going to basically for some like seven years become insane. Daniel shared the word with him. About a year later, it hasn't happened yet. And now the king is walking around there. He's saying all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power? And for the honor of my majesty. So he's walking around, he's looking at his empire and saying, my might, my power, my hand. While the word word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you. Until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and gives it to whomever He chooses. The Most High rules in the kingdom of men. So Nebuchadnezzar became insane for something like seven years until he started to give glory to God. You see, that's one of our biggest traps in life is to think that we have achieved something by our own abilities, by our own strength, by our own sacrifice. I mean, for Nebuchadnezzar, just to think straight is a gift from heaven. To not be insane is a gift from heaven. To be able to do two plus two equals uh, is uh, four. Four. Okay. It's a gift from God. You see, but we forget that. We forget the glory of our King. We forget the greatness of our God. We forget that every talent, every ability, every second we have in this life is for His glory. And then we're going to stand before Him. So I wanna, I, I'm reminding myself, and that's why we also, what we've done last week, having some other pastors come and preach in this church, and we want to do this once a term. I want to get pastors from the town to come, and I want to say, I'm going to honor the church in this city because we want to be a blessing. We want to be a blessing to the church in the city. We're not going to compete. We're not going to fight. We're not going to compare. We're not going to judge. We're not going to criticize. We're going we're gonna to be honorable people that bring glory to the name of Jesus. Because I know I'm not doing it for man. I'm doing it for God. I want to stand before him and say, God, you can trust me. Can God trust you? Can God trust you? Are you, are you, are you walking out that journey? Are you walking that path? He gives it to whomever he chooses. And I tell you, if you choose against self and if you choose spirit and sacrifice and obedience and laying down your life for the cause of Christ, God will 
bless you. He will bless you. I, I stand amazed at the faithfulness of God. You know, we've gone, as a church family, we've gone for the last four plus years through a really, really difficult season. It was really, really tough. I have so many times opportunities to be so offended, to walk away, to resign. Like, uh, you, you don't know anything. <laughs> All the stuff we've gone, been going through over the last four years, just the internal battles, you know. And every time I had to make the decision, I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to honor God. You know, John the Baptist, I'm going to end off with this verse in a moment. I just want to read this to you. But he, he was the greatest prophet. He was the man of God that came and proclaimed, here he is the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of God. And then you know what happens? He gets thrown into prison. And then he starts doubting. So then he sends some of his disciples to Jesus to say to him, Jesus, are you? Are you the coming one or should we wait for another? He got offended. He got offended. Because of his circumstances, he got angry at God. God, why is this happening to me? Every one of us will be tested in this area. You have a challenge in your life. You'll go through something. and God, why didn't that person at that church, why didn't they greet me in the past? They didn't even look at me. Or something. But I've seen this over and over again. We will be tested. Offenses. Whether it be husband or wife. Whether it be scenario, something happens. Why did someone die? Or is it... Whatever it might be, lose your business. Whatever it might be you're going through, it is a test. If you pass the test, you get promoted. If you are offended and bitter, you lose it all. We have to make the decision to humble ourselves. Say, God, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. So Daniel 4.37 says there now, Nebuchadnezzar, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice. And those who walk in pride, he's able to put down. So we experience life, challenges. Someone treats you like dirt. This is now your test. Will pride manifest or will you humble yourself, forgive and be kind? That's the journey. That's now the secret passage. That's now kingdom coming or flesh. You, so and so, treat me like this. Every one of us will be tested. The Bible says, Jesus said, every day pick up your cross. Every day pick up your cross. When someone treats you like dirt, treats you like a, like a chamorse, how are you going to respond? You're going to humble yourself. You're going to... Humble yourself before the living God or you're going to be offended. And then just this last one. This is the way, where John the Baptist ends off. And he says, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. So John the Baptist is saying, I am the bridegroom. Do you know at a wedding, the focus is on the bride and the bridegroom. The best man, the friend of the bridegroom, is just there to help things happen. And that's our role. 
when it comes to the church or to anything we do, it's just, Jesus, this is about your glory. This is about your, you get all the shine. We're behind the scenes, Jesus. I'm just a friend. John the Baptist, I'm just a friend. I must decrease. He must increase. And you know, he did decrease, didn't he? Do you know how he decreased? His head got chopped off. That's practically decreasing. Well done. You have now decreased. I don't know if you saw on, on, on the news, there was a, on, on the social media, there was a road rage incident in Paul, in Cape Town. So it was a colored man and a white guy. White guy freaked out with his stick and he was just cussing the life out of him. And they were trying to hit. There was all, it was like hundreds of thousands of views. So um, interesting that the one guy, the white guy, the guy that was ugly, uh, he's been visiting one of our churches in Cape Town. So uh, awesome actually happened is that a whole bunch of pastors got involved a day or two after the whole incident. They brought these two guys together, and uh, they apologized to one another, repented, and then washed one another's feet. Hallelujah. So the white guy has been going through a divorce, and he's lost his business, and he has an anger problem, which is quite evident on the, on the video. But how wonderful. There's another video now online where they show the, the, the foot washing and some of our guys were involved to facilitate the reconciliation. But beautiful. You see, it's not about living a perfect life. But it's about when we miss it is to turn, to choose to humble ourselves and to do what is right. To decrease, to wash feet. I believe that is the, that is the kingdom. That's what God is calling us to in Jesus' name.